Hello, everyone. I'm Brendan Marcello, sitting across from Michael Nizelik. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast, presented by WeHaveDonuts.com, D-O-U-G-H, Nuts.com. Delivery service for all kinds of gourmet donuts in the Birmingham area, and they also deliver to Prevail Union Coffee Shops in Montgomery and Auburn. Check them out at WeHaveDonuts.com for more information and options. WeHaveDonuts.com. Michael... uh, end of the week here recording a second podcast just because it's been very newsy uh for <laughs> because the, the sky is falling well yeah that too the, the for the basketball program um and uh we'll talk about that here in a little bit especially uh as it concerns bruce pearl but i wanted to start it, start with uh football um and this obvious big game coming up between auburn and georgia and uh auburn's opportunity to one, stay in the SEC race, but also probably just save Gus Malzahn's job solely just with a victory. I think a victory would just erase all chatter of any hot seat uh, talk. Um, so a lot could change between uh, Saturday, between the hours of 2.30 and uh, 6 o'clock. Um, but, you know, any final thoughts heading into this game? Because the more and more I look at it... Um, the more and more I realize that, man, is it going to be tough for Auburn to do the one thing I think they need to do, and that's slow down Georgia's running game because mm. uh, that, that, that's a monster. Well, I was doing a little on the opposite end, just kind of looking at did a story about Jake Fromm and just what his uh, numbers are like and his efficiency. You know, he's kind of a quarterback. I don't think that's going to necessarily beat Auburn, but he yeah. might be able to do what they need to do to win the game. Quick passes, accurate, uh, get little chunks of yardage here and there, uh, get enough. um, Because I think that's all he really needs to do, just kind of provide enough of a threat to open up the run game, don't you think? And then let Nick Chubb do the rest, and Sonny Michelle and Elijah Holyfield and all the other guys they got back there. But it doesn't seem like, uh, you know, because that's what Texas A&M went to with Nick Starkle, basically. They realized Kellen Mond couldn't do that. Need to just get get rid of the ball quick, get rid of it accurate, and then that's when they started gaining yardage. I mean, it's, they kind of laid the blueprint um, a little bit offensively. They just didn't have the running backs, I think, to kind of make it uh, consistent. It's a lot like what Clemson did in the second half against Auburn, too. Yeah. They did a lot more quick passes, and they were able to run the ball effectively between those plays, and they're throwing 50-50 balls. And Jake Fromm has really done a good job with that. And also, I mean, Georgia's got some really good receivers. They're able to get 50-50 balls, and they do throw it downfield. Um, but to me, the key for Auburn is they've got to figure out a way to make Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb slow down. They've got to hit them behind the line of scrimmage, tire them out. But the more and more I think about it, that's going to be so difficult because they have so many weapons in the backfield where if one guy's not working, they'll go to another. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, uh, what was it? Goodness. Two years ago, three years ago. Three years? Maybe three years ago at Georgia. You know. Yeah, um, the game before. Yeah, the game before. The... I, I don't know why my mind's drawing a blank here. Big time running back. He came back from injury, right? It was his coming back party. And uh, he did okay, but then it was his backup that had the huge game against Auburn. But wasn't Chubb the backup? Lost. Say that again. Wasn't Chubb the backup? Chubb was the backup, so Nick Chubb had the big game. Gurley, Gurley was yeah. Todd yeah, Gurley, yeah, of Todd course, Gurley yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Todd Gurley, who ended up replacing Trey Mason as the Rams running back. Yeah, and but, Chubb was the freshman, and he had, that's and he right. Had that big Chubb game. had the huge game in that one, 
And it was just like Auburn couldn't slow them down because they just could do whatever they wanted with either one of them. It's amazing. Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb were in that game. Yeah. Four years ago, you don't really see those backfields and then, last. And then it for was four years. And then it was like after that, a year or two later, you're going, this Chubb kid's pretty good, but Sony Michelle might be better. And then you had people saying something about Nick Chubb uh, compared to Todd Gurley near the end of that season. So um, it's almost like a combination where they thought where Cam Petway and Carrion Johnson would be yeah. this season almost, and that never materialized, obviously. Um, you know, they're both on the threshold of a 1,000-yard seasons. Um, we also got that freshman DeAndre Swift who's averaging seven yards a carry. Elijah Holyfield's averaging seven yards a carry. Yeah, they've got they've – got, They've got a pretty good uh, depth. They've got four running backs that get carries in every game. Yeah. Four. And that's not kind of Elijah Holyfield. <laughs> um. Uh, it, it that's really tough. Auburn's going to have to be like uh, not only just slowing them down, but just getting so much pressure in the backfield that it forces Georgia to have to throw because they're in second, second and long, excuse me, and third and long. Um, that's going to be the key for Auburn, and I it's going to be very difficult to do that. Even though Auburn's defensive line, I think, has the advantage against Georgia's offensive line, but the thing that would worry me for Auburn is that they've given up way too many big plays defensively the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. even against Arkansas, and then especially against A&M. Yeah. When, when Starkle came in at quarterback for A&M, they hit some deep plays. And then that kind of continued throughout the game. Here and there, they'd hit a big play. The defense would step up, and then a big play would happen. Um, I don't know. I'm interested to see, you know, a lot of the chatter around the team was this week was urgency. And this is a, Auburn hasn't had a lot of urgency, and I just never feel like this team – has that i mean i don't know it just doesn't feel like it's and gus is such a sort of even keel sort of downplaying everything that their backs are against the wall in this one and i think they really need this one and uh, do you get that sense coming out of i mean they've kind of given lip service to it but yeah i don't know i think more than anything going into this week the players maybe have the urgency built in themselves yeah because you heard carry on johnson talking the other day about how much he can't wait till saturday like yeah. i know i have to go to class today and then i have to go to practice this afternoon right. but i want it to be saturday already um you know sometimes that's just got to be up to your leaders but uh i'm interested to see how they start the game i guess is it, yeah and, and, and that's kind of i Gus guess i also they don't i mean they're all they always start fast except for the texas a&m game Weirdly enough, this year they were they were they have scored first against every opponent yeah. except for A and M, and they 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 were slow to start even throughout that first quarter. But Gus Malzahn even said, you know, listen, we're expecting a big time crowd. But he, he straight up said on his radio show Thursday night, but we have to give them something to cheer about early, yeah. um, and that's scoring points. So uh, I guarantee someone asked him about you know what will you do if you win the toss. Just judging by his comments, he didn't say what he would do, but the way he was talking, he'd be like, "Give me the ball." You think they'll, we, they'll yeah. go? Uh, Give me the ball. I, I think they've deferred every time they've had. The yeah, I think he wants year. the ball. He wants to score. I think they're. I think they. I don't know. I get this feeling that they're going to be a little bit more aggressive and just excuse the expression. You know, balls the wall yeah. with this game because I think Gus knows that this game is very important, not just for the season. Obviously, SEC title is still. You know, within it goes beyond eyesight, just the, no, but the it's, obvious. Yeah, right, yeah the, right. Gus's job could be on the line at this game because there's no breathing room after this if he loses. Zero. And he also broke major news 
that Malik Miller is one of the running backs. He's one of the running backs. He's one of our running backs. He that said might, that as a that quote. That might have been my fit because, and then he's also a guy, was the last time we talked about Malik Miller. He's one of our running backs. He's one of the running backs. Is a pretty good, great quote about Malik Miller. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, put, that on a, put that on a movie poster. He's a... <laughs> This he's, is a movie. He's, he's a guy. He's one of our running backs. Uh, yes, he is an actor in this movie. True. True or false? Is he one of your running backs? True. Um, but no, I, I'm interested to see just what the team's like and what their attitude's like. And do they have a kind of a sense of, like I said, they've well, talked about it, but I, I, yeah. I just don't know. I, you my, seen, my did, question did you is, see it in the Clemson game? Not really. Did you see yeah. it in the LSU game? My question really. is, how do they react if it's a close game Yeah. in the uh, late in the third quarter? Well, the, coming out of halftime, that's kind of in these big games has been what what do you expect in the second half? And it's been yeah, and they've they've done well out of the second half of the last few games. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a bigger stage, though. But this is it's where much they bigger usually, stage, much better defense. They usually get kind of weird. Um, but if you see repeats, I mean, if they one lose the game and also two, it's because of the same old, same old. You know, slow start in the second half, can't do anything in the second yeah. half. Writing's on the wall. Uh, for Gus Malzahn. Yeah, because the difference is coach. I mean, that's all it is. Right. You got the, you got the that's the missing the, piece yeah. that everybody will look at and all the power brokers will be going, see, we told you. Yeah. But this is uh, literally like one game can change everything. <laughs> well, we were talking kind of not jokingly that the program in a matter of weeks could have no basketball coach, no football coach, and no AD. So yeah. that would be a fun fun stretch. But um, one question mark. What do you think the offensive line is going to look like uh, Saturday? That's a great question. I don't even know if the coaches know, to be quite honest, really. Because um, they, uh, they've got some options, and do they want to risk they try. having to switch again? Do they want to go with what worked I think at the they'll end go of with that what, game? I think they're going to work with what I – mean, what, I think they're going to go with what worked at A&M because – Otega, Harrell, yes. Dunn, Smith, Smith, and, and then, then Golson. Golson, yeah. Right I think that's what they'll do because – I don't they think they like, want to have to switch. Huh? I don't think they want to have to switch. You know, Again? Big game, yeah. Oh, goodness, no. So I kind of agree that, that, that that's what I think, do. well, that and Herb Hand likes to have his starting line out there on Tuesday. Mm, like it was based off history. With it, yeah. He doesn't like having to wait till There's no way. So Tuesday. And based off that, I think, yeah, I think it'll probably be the same as A&M. If not, I think the only, maybe the only change would be Mike Horton. What's funny is if you would have asked me before the season what the line would be going against Georgia, I maybe would have guessed two out of – I would have had Tega and Smith, Smith, but I wouldn't have had Golson at right tackle. Definitely wouldn't have had Dunn at center. You had yeah. Caleb Kim as the backup center, so you wouldn't yeah. have had it. And then Markel Harrell has come out of nowhere. That's, I guess, the real surprise. Maybe it's just injury with Horton, but uh, yeah, it that's where, it's been real surprising just how um, – Yeah, Hort- Horton and uh, Darius both dealing with ankle injuries. Um, they're said to be doing better, but you know we'll see. Um, they better protect uh, Jarrett Stidham, though. They cannot afford this to be because what you saw early in that A and M game before they made the switch looked a lot like the Clemson game, didn't it? With them getting to the quarterback, they he sacked was him twice. Hold on a little he longer. He was hanging on the, the, hold on the ball. He was panicking a little bit. That you cannot. If that starts happening against Georgia, I don't know if any switch on the offensive line at this point is going to help that because Georgia's defensive line is much better than A uh, and M, and A and M's is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, let's not discount that they've done a pretty good job this year, but Georgia's is well. They had room for air, and they've that, got linebackers that can fill those gaps. They had room for air in that Texas A and M game, so you could go right. a quarter and say, "Well, we didn't play our best." I don't think you can give up. 
15 minute stretch in this game and and keep pace with what George is going to bring uh I mean this isn't that type of game um where you could just say oh we'll we'll see how it develops I think you need to come out yeah kind of fire it here well with that said let's make our predictions if you're an Auburn undercover uh member or actually they're free this week of course but um if you did visit Auburn undercover you could have seen our predictions already um Brandon <clears throat> fearless forecaster leader by game yeah, that's interesting. I'm, by, uh, we have been going back and forth, switching first place. Um, I predicted Auburn 28-24. Things going to be a tight game. I think it's going to be in the low 20s heading into the fourth quarter. And uh, it's going to be whoever um, has that one big, I want to say semi-long drive, but like one of those drives that personifies what that offense is, either for Georgia or Auburn. And guess what that is? Running the football. Whoever's running the football very well in that fourth quarter and has a long drive, I think will end up winning it. And I got Auburn doing it. I think Georgia will probably be be ahead in the fourth quarter, and Auburn has a touchdown drive, and the defense steps up and seals the victory. But uh, um, this game—I mean, listen—I mean, Georgia's number one; they're undefeated. But I think the determining factor that will really have a lot of effect on this, believe it or not, are the fans yeah. because Georgia—I mean, Georgia played at Notre Dame. But Georgia apparently had like twenty, forty thousand people there, mm. like an enormous amount of people. This is going to be a lot different for yeah. the quarterback. Um, but one way for Georgia to quiet the crowd quickly is a strong running game, and you just—I mean—running game more than anything takes the air out of a. Well, if they could run clock and just have six right. minute, eight minute drive here or there, and that's a way to do it. I had Georgia twenty-four, uh, overall run seventeen. Um, I think it's going to be. Uh, Defense is going to win the day, and then you know Georgia will just get enough offensively and be able to get a little more consistency. Um, I think they're going to rely on carry on, and maybe carry on breaks a run or two and, and flips the script a little bit. But um, I don't know. And like I said, I just don't have confidence with this coaching staff. Uh, well, you know, head coach having lost basically every big game since 2014. Um, yeah. Tough to kind of see, you know. What I get, you know, Jared Stidham maybe is the only difference from those teams last year, and you know we've seen them what they did earlier this year, and it was kind of the same thing. So um, teams a little bit more mature, but I mean LSU wasn't week one; that was what five weeks into the season or whatever it was. So mm-hmm. um, just have a tough time believing that they're going to pull this one out. Uh, it's going to be interesting um, heading into this game, and what Auburn's game plan is. They also can't. I mean. Gus also can't get to the point where he's so aggressive that he does a Clemson from last season and goes, we're going to run right, that's what Chandler it's, Cox. It's, that's the question mark, right? You, ne- you, you don't find know a what you're going to get somewhere. in the sense, like, could he do something insane like Chandler Cox just as the quarterback for the whole game? <laughs> or, like, will he be too conservative? Can he find that balance? Yeah. You know, And he hasn't been able to do that because that Clemson game plan last year was insane. Right. Um, and well, they had months to prepare for that one. It, sh- um, it showed to hint me that more than anything, they had no confidence in their quarterback. Yeah. But then the Georgia game last year was obvious what was going on, and he didn't pull the trigger on it. By the way, did you not? I had a little reaction there when Gus was speaking about, like, carry on's workload and how, well, we know if he's tired because he tells us. <laughs> he, and if he's injured, he tells us. 
That's exactly what how you handled Sean White last season yeah. in the Georgia game. He's like, no, I'm fine. Meanwhile, his arm is hanging on a thread, and you get, you guys are like, that's yeah, go back idea. in there, that's, go back in there. Coaches should be watching and have an idea of what their players are doing, especially when you have like one of the best like doctors on the planet on the sideline and Dr. James Andrews. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, but I'm saying that was obvious what was going on. They didn't make anything. So, um, yeah. and then LSU second half this year, bizarre. Um, so you just don't know what you're going to get with them. But like you said, if they lose it the way they have lost and have lost most of their games when they lose, th- that's coaching. It's yeah. not the talent. It's yeah. the coaching. It really um, is. So, we're going to find out a lot about Gus Malzahn and this football program Saturday, folks. This is the game you've all been waiting for. I mean, everybody since the Clemson game has really been, been we'll see what they do in November. And, and then no especially excuse. after the LSU game, everybody goes, no no breathing room now. When he came out and said, we're healthy, and that was the difference, right? Well, especially at quarterback. And at quarterback. He but he also said healthy in general, right. too, because um, they were banged up last year, uh, running back and quarterback. But when you say that right up front, you know that there's no uh, no, no room for error. No excuses even though it's the number one team in the country. All right, let's move ahead. Um, basketball is just um, something new every day. Now, while we were at Texas A&M, we started hearing rumors and such about Bruce Pearl um, and things that were going on behind the scenes. ESPN reported uh, Wednesday uh, that Bruce Pearl was refusing to cooperate with the internal investigation at Auburn not the FBI investigation, but the internal investigation that's being handled by Lightfoot, Franklin, and White, the, uh, uh, the the law firm in Birmingham. And my understanding is, is Bruce Pearl has a lawyer, and lawyers pretty much straight up told him, no, don't talk to them until this FBI investigation's uh, completed. Um, and what I've heard is that one that reports true to a certain extent and that Bruce is refusing to speak uh, in these interviews uh, to Auburn. I don't know if a timeline's been set, you know, like you have until now to tell us, you know, talk to us, but there is some pressure there and both sides are not happy. Auburn and Pearl. There's kind of two camps right now. Um, I did hear, Thursday that things may have been patched up a little bit, but that still doesn't deny or the fact that Bruce does not want to talk to them and answer their questions. Now, and I'll put, push it over to you here in a second. Now, my understanding is this internal investigation, how it should be handled, is that their questions should be limited to Chuck Person and also the eligibility of the two players, not past past things or what's going on with this or we search whatever. Now, the issue there with that is that could throw a wrench in the gears is that Auburn asked for the laptops and cell phones of all the coaches, everybody involved with basketball, uh, almost immediately after Chuck Person was arrested. So. What is stopping Auburn, theoretically, from seeing seeing something and going, Bruce, what's this, you know? Well, but ESPN reported in that report was that they the FBI seized the, all that stuff. Right. So there's some discrepancy as about who has what. And I don't know about the FBI stuff, but I know that Auburn asked for it. 
Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, right. the SB, ESPN's reporting that they are pushing to get him to ask answer questions because the FBI. One of the reasons is because they have all that material, so they can't have access to it. So, so there's who you know. I, to, you know, we don't know that yet, and, and we don't know what's that's, that. Involved. That's a detail that's not going to probably get confirmed because that's very specific about the investigation. Right. And, um, nobody's going to want to talk. But Bruce about doesn't seem to be in a good spot right now, Mike. Well, I mean, this. I had you know. <laughs> Whether you want to be on his side or not, as a fan, he's putting himself in kind of in a bad spot, I would think. Well, leading up to the decision, Rich McGlynn was at practice right. multiple days. and they were Rich having, McGlynn, the, one of the compliance directors. Compliance director, and they were having animated discussions about all the ongoing yeah. things. And I have heard rumblings uh, that no one is very on the coaching staff is thrilled with kind of how this has developed and how this was handled. And we've kind of talked from the beginning that they've, the athletic department has really thrown Bruce to the wolves, essentially. Um, yeah. Since the beginning. Yeah. Um, right. yep. No sort of direction. Uh, Jay Jacobs hasn't talked and obviously he's on the way out, but nobody from the athletic department for the president's office has sort of kind of directed what's going on, directed kind of the media response. And there's been discrepancies about how things are playing out uh, from hour to hour. You ask about tickets and you ask about this and that. And the no camp is talking to each other, essentially. Um, and it's 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 a strange vibe because um, you essentially have the basketball program dealing with this and the athletic department kind of separate and nobody's kind of talking to each other. And Jay Jacobs on his way out is nowhere, you know, obviously now nowhere to be found. But now who's running kind of the show? Is it just compliance? And this, and, it's compliance and Stephen Lee. And, the, you know, the compliance stuff is basically about Austin and Dangel. But um, so is Stephen Lee taking a hands-on? Is he directing this? The strange thing to me is the timeline. This happened. Chuck Person was arrested September 26th. Why now is there pressure? Why did they wait a month and a half to sort of decide Bruce Pearl needs to answer these questions now? When the opener's on Friday, it's, this happens on Wednesday. What were they doing for the thirty-five I days agree. in between? Um, also, very strange. That that's the that's one of the more yeah. stranger aspects. And why are they holding his feet to the fire at this time? Why aren't they? What changed? Holding what, is there, his what feet incident? to the fire yeah. then? Uh, also, was Lightfoot <clears throat> too busy investigating softball for thirty days? That they I don't could, know. I mean, just very strange, right? Also, uh, you know what? It, yeah, I, I don't know how this story got to ESPN, obviously. I mean, I'm not going to question reporting or anything like that because I know it's true. At least, at least most of that report's true. But the timing of it being leaked right, with the season coming around, someone in the athletics... Someone think, has an agenda. Someone I, I has an agenda. It's, it's, it, I mean, yes, that's what I I'm trying think, to get to. I, I don't think that that's... I want to say an axe to grind, but someone has an it's agenda. It's a, a specific agenda. What that agenda is, we don't know. But, I mean, when you leak it... It looks, it looks like, in my opinion... And 48 this is hours opinion, before tip-off. It looks like someone trying to make Bruce talk by going... Hey, I know you got the season. They're putting or all the pressure, bad, and, or who knows? You know, because I don't know. He does not. I mean, why would you want? Why would you want your head coach to look bad when this is already looking bad with Chuck Person? Why would you? And want the season starting, and you but want then, the players to be focused. On the flip side, and I know you kind of followed up. You know, we've asked the university for. It's comment, ridiculous what they're doing, and they are just letting it, 
Look, because it's not we're not asking about the FBI investigation no. <laughs> and they are couching everything and saying, yeah, it's the FBI. Invest- look, the FBI yeah. does not care about the compliance. FBI doesn't care about Austin. Well, look what happened in Alabama today with Colin Sexton. Yeah, they've been in constant communication with the NCAA. They're, they're not worried about the FBI stuff. No, it, it's separate. And so, but Auburn's saying, well, look, it's the investigation. So we can't come at, and are essentially leaving Bruce hanging in the wind. Right. Well, that and they're leaving the kids hanging in the wind. And well, the kids are. I mean, the kid. That's a. That's a whole nother. Yeah. That's a whole nother. Thing. But you that's know, a separate component to it. I. But you mentioned the university sure. side. I mean, listen. The only people that are willing to speak on this, and they haven't really spoke on it, is the president's office, and they always fall back on that. Well, it's a federal investigation. We're not going to comment on that. But we're not asking. And then I even follow up with, "I'm not speaking about that. Right. I'm speaking of the internal investigation, which you've hired someone." And it's very public now that Bruce Pearl's being asked to talk, and he's not talking. Because he's not asking, I, like you said, it's like, not are, FBI you, I was like, does the president right. support Bruce Pearl going in this season? You know, and they have no real, real response. I mean, what kind of response is that? Where you can't even say, yeah, we, we support the coach going into this? Yeah, cause when they may- said at the beginning, and by the way, Stephen Leith said to the student paper in the beginning of this, this seems like to him, an isolated, uh, an incident. isolated incident. With I don't know. One if he, coach. Yeah, I don't think he said support. But he, he, but he said support. Him. Yeah, no, but, but he he, he said it was an isolated like, incident. But I don't understand. And now all of a sudden, it's we're not going to comment on that. They, or, there's no reason they can't say we have confidence in Bruce Pearl going forward. That would have nothing to do with the. Yeah, FBI. we have full confidence in it him going forward in the cooperation and in our yeah. investigation. And we are happy with how things are progressing, or, or you know whatever. But the only person who of, said that is Bruce. It's like we're trying to get this all done and everything, but. Bruce yeah, Bruce wants it done one way, and Auburn wants it done another. And, I don't and usually, know, the university wins in that situation. I don't, you know, I don't know where this goes because how do you? Because regardless of if it all gets figured out, yeah, that's a fractured relationship. Well, once forward. you put the word "fired" into the media, and, and, there's and, no going in back. One to two weeks in a timeline. Yeah. One to two. Weeks. There's no going back from that. Flip side, who I think you touched on this I, in your I don't know in your story. How would they go forward with the season with a co- who would coach this team? Stephen Pearl's not coaching. No. Chad Pruitt's, I guess, your best option on the staff, but I mean, he's not going to get it. Uh, what, you'd have to bring somebody from the outside. I think, that would be I think you would get a retired coach or someone who's. But I'm just saying that puts another wrinkle into it, right? Because they literally have nobody on staff capable. That's of sort why of I think this whole thing's silly. Because you have no backup options. What, so what, why would what, you threaten what, him? When why you are you threatening no, him yeah. unless you have an idea already? Which. There's no freaking way they do. No way. There's no way they know who would be the coach. Right. I mean, Chuck Person? Right. No. He <laughs> was mean, the most experienced person. Like, what are you going to do? I mean, this whole thing is just, uh, it's crazy. Is this, a, is this now becoming as bizarre of a sort of thing, coaching thing that you've seen just kind of now that this is how this is transpiring? Well, Sonny Galloway used to work here. That's true. <laughs> No, but in the public forum before to season do that, starts, right, the season yeah. Starts. I mean, listen. All right, listen. Not as many people care about basketball as football. Obviously, right. it's just as nature of the beast in the SEC. But could you imagine this happening with like Gus Malzahn two days before kickoff, or, or say John Calipari, or so a high, higher or a John Calipari? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, that, I, but anyway, I say that to say this. This is very serious, folks. Like you need, you really, you really need to be paying attention to this because this is already interesting. We get very interesting in the next couple of weeks if, because the report is, and it's and, and it has been uh, also with AL dot com saying that he's on thin ice, and Kevin Skarbinski knows his people, that, you know th- that 
he he might be fired for not talking. And then you have the players who are still out. Yeah. And no timeline for, for And meanwhile, yeah, that. And then you've also got Bruce Pearl telling them all, don't worry about any of this. I'm fine. Uh, we're going to play a game. They're, I mean, they're 18 years old. They're sitting there going, what the hell is going on? This isn't on? a veteran-laden team. They've got yeah. no seniors. They're all freshmen and sophomores and young kids. And, and I'm sure Austin Wiley and Daniel Purifoy are sitting there. As Daniel Purifoy tweeted out uh, after the exhibition game, BS, they're frustrated. I'm sure they're talking to their teammates about how frustrated they are, and I'm sure that's permeating through them. And then you, you have this uncertainty, and they're hearing these things about their coach. Um. And then Bruce Pearl goes on the radio later after the press conference. That was bizarre. I mean, that was the self-inflicted wounds. That was bizarre. Like, what are you talking about? Why are you saying self-inflicted? Why are you saying self-inflicted? It's Chuck Person that inflicted it. You should be saying there was a bad egg, and you know there was a mistake. Or say I didn't want to hire, but Jay Jacobs hired him. Let's (laughs) leave it anyway. Um, Do something. That was and to not say that at the he had a press conference. uh, Yeah. If if you didn't know, he He had a press conference at at eleven fifteen. Today, uh, Thursday, which is today for us, maybe yesterday for anybody listening, and said couldn't talk about it, won't talk about it, asked about his relationship, asked about this, and just kept saying can't talk about it. Then he goes on, he's on five minutes on Tiger Talk, and just like, not, and Rod Bramble at the host is like, I'm not going to ask you about this, but like, how but. are the players handling everything? And then he goes on this sort of apology thing. I don't understand. I didn't understand. It's that. almost like Bruce thought he was in an auditorium speaking to fans, and it wasn't. And I get it. He's selling everybody. the. Pro- I mean, he's I understand part that. of that is salesmanship, but but the uh, the wording could have been different. Strange, because self inflicted means you. I did this. You were partly responsible. Uh, uh, yeah. Um. So, any word on Austin Wiley or Dan Joe Purifoy? No. Like, and I don't. Uh, like, what's ha- what's going to happen there? What is happening? Well, it's. It, I it, is be, Bruce Pearl holding it up by not talking? I don't think so. But it'd be difficult to envision. So. Right now, and if you don't, they are not ineligible, but they're not eligible. So Auburn's declining to certify their eligibility at this point because of the allegations made in the report. With Colin Sexton, he was ruled ineligible. The, they applied for reinstatement, and then the penalty was a game suspension. If there was wrongdoing, the, you know, the NCI has to determine that. So they're not even at that step. Yeah, to, so, be, to be quite honest, when a player is ruled ineligible – an end game will be come about much more quickly. It happened with Cam Newton. Like right. He was ruled ineligible or whatever for like a day. Right. And then they put him back. Right. Colin Sexton, same thing. Right. They figured something out. It's just been a one game. So the fact that they so the have only not way they been can, ruled ineligible. The only yet, way they can play immediately at this point is if Auburn says we're certifying them they're eligible. Right. And then just say we didn't find anything. We don't think there is And anything. that could literally come at any minute. Right. That could happen. One way or the other. But, I mean, we're going on now 40 days, 50 days from when this all started. So something's you know there's I, I it, yeah and look they have a they have a federal affidavit that says money was exchanged hands and so there's there that's an issue <laughs> I, that's yeah. a, that's a well, significant issue yeah. that's a significant issue yes and the penalties are stricter are you know are, are not great and so and the other side of the story is what's chuck person doing right now with his lawyers now that right. they're, they're able to start working on a deal possibly with the feds now that the indictment's been handed down. Six federal counts. So no one knows and no one will know until uh I know, find I would lawyer. find it 
hard to imagine that Auburn will just declare them eligible. I think they're. Ha- I think they have. I think they're going to have to try to apply for reinstatement to cover their bases. Well, sure, yeah. yeah. So, and then that's the next step. And if we're not there yet, it's going to be a while. And how long does Austin and Dangel wait? You know, that's the other kind of flip side to it. Do you think they would leave? I, I talked to Austin's high school coach, and he said, why wouldn't you go to overseas? Make mm. some money. If it's not looking like you're going to play by December, what's the what's the benefit to sticking around? That would be bad. And you got Pearl to leave, too. That would be, you know, I mean, that's Ser- the other seriously, part. Seriously, if that happened, all right, all right, listen, this is all worst case, but it's on the table. It could happen. Bruce Pearl leaves or gets fired. Your two best players, two of your three best players are out for the year. Do you just go ahead and start playing peas? <laughs> As they said, what was it, a year ago? Well, Bruce Jacobs, Jay Jacobs said, think, if, they, if Bruce Pearl can get this yeah. thing down, we might as well just tear it down and start planting peas. I mean, would, yeah, I mean, it's, how does Auburn recover from that? I mean, look, they lost to Barry in exhibition. They lose to Norfolk State for tomorrow or Friday today. I don't know. I, I just don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not predicting anything, but I just, I mean, you could see it was affecting the kids last week, and they're trying to say it's not. Now, on, add add this on top of all the other stuff. Yeah, that's tough. That's, that's very these tough. are eighteen year old kids. How yeah. do you not think about it? Well, yeah, they've well, already lost one assistant coach that the whole lot of these kids you, were close to. Right, and how do you not start thinking about your own well being your, yourself? That's what I'm saying. It's like you kind of yeah, you're looking so around. That's what happens naturally as a human. But when things start going bad, you don't go, "Hey, how are how's everybody else doing?" You're thinking, "Well, what's going to happen to me?" How's Especially when me? these kids aren't seniors, so their next step isn't you, you know they've got a future that they could try to think right. about too. Right? So. Yeah, they could think of yeah. Oof. It's we'll see. Auburn needs to figure the, it out. Not, well, we talked about increasing our basketball coverage, not what we had in mind. No, uh, for well, the season. What we had in mind was we're increasing basketball coverage because this team was going to the NCAA tournament, and now it's this team might not exist. Well, I mean, not that far. I mean, like they'll just stop it, <laughs> plant the piece. But I, I just uh, amazing. I, I don't Two know. months ago. I mean, just it's just amazing what in two months. I just remember when Bruce Pearl was hired. You know, I talked to several people when he was hired, and everybody's like, yeah, he's great and all this. And yeah. I had one person tell me, go, this is going to end so badly. You have no idea. <laughs> and I said, well, ha, ha, yeah, because we're having Tennessee. And the and guy's like, like no, seriously. And I called that guy up. Like, Something's right. going to happen. You're right. But, you know, who knows? Maybe things get turned around. Maybe I mean, legitimately here, there's no freaking way to predict what's going to happen next. Well, because you got the AD on top of it. Who comes in? What do they want to do? How do do they take reins of the situation? When does that happen? Then that's a good segue here. What is going on with Jay Jacobs and the AD search? What What is going on? What is it? That June first date can't get here soon enough for some some people, dude. I bet he's just sitting there going, "God, get me out of here." How those How are those interviews going to go when you have all this stuff? Well, listen, like like we mentioned. You have some crises you've got to deal with, and then after that, you can build your pro, a, yeah. a big SEC program. But you don't get the scoreboard, right? 
No, in fact, I'm pretty certain whoever the new AD is is going to be looking at renovation and expansion of Jordan Hare Stadium instead of instead just of putting the, a broken ass TV. Because that on was top like the, the dumbest steps. thing ever when they wanted clearly didn't want that. It's so stupid. And we're, just, we're gonna throw it's the dumbest thing. Unless the board of trustees usually just goes rubber stamp, rubber stamp. They made but, actually but good, that was a good decision they made today. Well, yeah, in September they were questioning. I'm like, well, why? What happened to that big thing you came here a year ago with us about renovating and and adding new seating and tearing down that end zone? What's up with this? You're just going to put TV on top of it? <laughs> I mean... That we can't move? That would cost yeah. millions of dollars to change if we wanted to change ridiculous. it ridiculous. So, um, and then today, or Thursday, the president, pretty much just hearing some of the board in their workshop, just went, literally took a piece of paper with the uh, agenda items and put an X through it for the video board. That's what he did? Yeah, it's just, we're not doing that. He heard it, and heard, he heard enough, he knew what was going to happen. Yeah. And he just... Not happening. We're not so going to So, is there anything it. on the agenda for tomorrow then? Or yes. Some of the other uh, improvements? Like, I think the locker room stuff and some of the other things still Soft have some final approval like type stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I my question is by the time everybody listens to this, it might be old news. We'll, we'll see. But the reason why I'm going is one, to see if I talk to Stephen Leith. Two, uh, do they discuss one, for, the formation of committee for the athletic director to search mm. and also just hear what the board has to say maybe that they might question Stephen leith about how's your process going with the athletics director search and all that what's going on basketball yeah but a lot of that there might be i'm sure there'll be an executive session and things will be discussed behind closed doors we won't hear about it but uh tomorrow could be interesting would have been more interesting if jay jacobs hadn't resigned or is he expected to be there still or he's on the agenda is set to speak with dan king that he's always like the proper facility manager and all that stuff um, I'm sure he'll be there. Um, because my understanding is they're pretty much going to be like singing Jay Jacobs' praises. Oh, saying goodbye, yeah, like saying goodbye. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you for your service. We wish you nothing but the best in the your future endeavors. Right, right. Athletic director. Do you think Harris. Gus will speak and wish him another heartfelt? Farewell? Gus probably doesn't know even where the Auburn University Hotel is, <laughs> let alone that there's a board of trustees meeting. So, but search-wise, where do you think th- you no, no no further no chatter? Uh, well, I'll get to one thing. One AD followed me on Twitter out of nowhere. Who is that? I can't say, but if you guys want to go investigate, well, go now look. I'm going to go investigate. Don't say it on the it. podcast. All so. right, all right. Uh, I don't think I don't. Dun, know. Dun, dun. But uh, <laughs> um, no. As far as like actual candidates, I haven't heard anything new there. Um. Other than what I reported, I think in three things I think three things I know, where some Auburn folks believe that David Benedict is like one of the leaders in there, but then I was told also by some folks, no way. Um, but my understanding is a lot of people that currently work in the uh, athletics department. Um, uh, uh, no, wasn't that one of them though? Maybe yes, that's one of them. Anyway, so. Uh, some people in the athletics department didn't like David Benedict, and I don't think they'd want to work with for him. Mm, that's interesting. But here's the thing. I mean, to be quite honest, if you're listening to this and you work in the athletics department, whoever the new AD is, unless it's you're probably your best friend, um, is probably going to come in and clean house because that's what happens when new ADs come in, unless it's from someone within those closed doors already working there. That just happens. Um, they come in, they clean house, they bring in their own people. Um they uh, get rid of the redundancies. Um, but 
Apparently, Auburn is forming a search committee for this. Uh, AL.com reported this first, that uh, former women's golf coach Kim Evans is on the search committee, that which is being formed. Um, we'll see if Friday if we hear more about it at the board of trustees meeting. But my understanding, based off what I've been told, is that Kim Evans is actually going to be the representative for the athletics department on the search committee, which leads me to believe that you're not going to see – Bo Maybe Jackson. anybody else with uh, uh, athletics, uh, with connections to the current athletics department on the committee other than Kim Evans. And Kim Evans, a former coach, took a, retired two years ago, or actually less than two years ago now, uh, the spring of 2015. And Actually, no, that was more than two years ago. I'm thinking it's 2017. <laughs> um, and went into a different position at the university. So it'll be interesting to see who Stephen Leith and others select on this committee what their role will be. My guess is, you know, they call it a search committee, but they're not actually doing the searching, you know, the legwork. They'll bring the people in that they want to interview, and they'll interview them. And they'll do, give did they thoughts. have a search committee last time for when they hired Jay? For AD? Yeah. I, I wasn't here. I don't know. I don't remember. Mm. But, I mean, they did look outside a little bit, and then they went to Jay. Yeah. And a lot of people were against that. Um, but... That was the Auburn way. And the thing I keep hearing from people, Auburn fans, people associated with Auburn even, are saying they need to get someone outside of Auburn without ties and turn this damn thing around. Do you think they will do that, though? They need to. Will they do it? I don't know. It depends. Depends on what Stephen Leith and what he, who he's listening to and then also how what the influence is of the search committee. And as I said, the only person I know that's on the search committee that's being formed is Kim Evans. And I think that's a great addition because she knows Auburn, obviously, but she's not, you know, directly involved with the department well, and I think all that stuff right now. As many female voices, especially with some of the stuff that went on absolutely, the softball program, um, would be appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. Because whoever the AD, whoever wants this job or who they target for the job, they're going to have their own questions about what's going on with the Title IX investigation. Why? How was this allowed? What were the the uh, points of buffer in which that were completely failed you uh, mm-hmm. in this system during the softball ordeal. Um, why do you have two federal lawsuits right now uh, being filed against you with a track program with a former assistant and uh, Sonny Galloway, you know, and then the title nine investigation, as I just mentioned, softball and basketball, the FBI investigation. I mean, this is all things that have happened within with less than six months. I mean, it's nuts. That is crazy. That that doesn't happen in a tenure of a AD in ten years sometimes, and this has happened in the last six months. Throw uh, a Gus loss on top of that. And oh it just gets god! Even crazier. Oh my god! Sunday could be the worst. It really could. It could be the Do worst. Do you think they put like lock the doors on the athletic building? No, all and right. Just right. Say nobody's here, back in. All right, Mike. All right. Basketball loses Norfolk State. Football loses to Georgia. Do does Auburn exist when we wake no, up Sunday morning? Because no. so many people will be upset, and I'm not just saying that to upset Auburn fans. I'm just saying, like, listen, you guys would be upset. Fans would be really upset. I think fans are good. This one's going to be tough if they lose this Georgia game. Yes, well, it'll be not that they're not tough if any year, but I'm just saying that this is it would not be. Fun. You know, here's the other thing I was thinking about. You know, what? If, all right, they lose to Georgia. B-U-L-M. Then what if they beat Bama, 
but they can't go to the SEC championship because they lost to Georgia. Yeah. Would that would that be like the most irritating great win in and Auburn then Bama history? Wins the SEC championship and then gets in the playoff. Yeah. How irritating would that be? That would be rough. You beat your rival finally. Gus maybe sticks around for another year, but you don't make the SEC championship game because you lost to Georgia the week prior, and then Bama beats Georgia. I mean, all this stuff's possible, but it's also possible Auburn wins out. It's also possible Auburn loses both these uh, games. And, and you're not saying it's possible ULM pulls the upset? No. Okay. ULM, so that's not possible. ULM might as well just ask, hey, can we just take half the money you're going to offer us and not yeah, show up so we can get a bye week? Um, and I'm sure fans are thinking that too. Like, are we really going to show up to this game? Hey, Malik Miller's view in that game is his, is his breakout party. Well, he should, and they probably would have like a 200-yard game if they gave him like all the carries against ULM. But, you know, whatever. What do I know? Well, right, carry on Johnson. That sun sets. But, you know, we'll see. Goodness gracious. Never quiet. A lot of recruits will be on campus this weekend, too. Keith Niebuhr of Auburn Undercover have you covered there. Um you know, I was looking at uh, you talk about predictions. Uh, I gathered fifty plus predictions for the national media. It's more than double, two to one, all uh, Georgia over Auburn, as you expect. There were quite a few "quote unquote" big names in the national media that are picking Auburn. Has the line changed at all? No, it was well four or five hours ago. It was still at two and a half via consensus on. Uh, that's about right. Vegas That's insider. About makes sense where everything's at. Yeah, you would think that would be like a touchdown favorite on a uh, neutral field mm-hmm. because home team gets, what, like three points a little bit, four points? I, I don't know. But anyway, so anything else? Hoping for a good football game. I hope so, too. We'll see. It should be, you know. There's so many top ten games this week. It's a bit. It's a crazy week. There's going to be some upsets. Playoff rankings are going to look a little bit different. Yeah. Tuesday. But I, I think Auburn's got the best shot out of all these top ten matchups. To be quite honest. Miami has a good shot at home. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Notre Dame at Miami. Yeah, yeah. And they played pretty well. But guess, they've played. Sure. I mean, Miami's Miami's done great this year, but like it's just under the radar a little bit. That, but they haven't been like you watch it. Not too impressive. The most impressive was actually this past weekend when they beat Virginia Tech by, like, what was it, 18? Mm-hmm. I thought that game would be – because all their games have been close. I mean, Florida State, you know, they had to win in the final yeah. seconds and all that. And Florida State's just garbage this year. Um, but uh, I don't know. Anything happening in the real world? Well, did we get any reader questions? I thought we – Oh, yeah, we got to do listener questions. I don't think we got a lot. I don't think people care. It was late notice, 10 o'clock on a Thursday. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. Well, I tweeted out on the 9-something. Uh, that question we just answered already. Um, not appropriate? Uh, I mean, not not appropriate. It just doesn't make sense for us. Hmm. Will asks, why do they have Braille on the drive-up ATMs? Hmm. Tricky question. That is a right? tricky question because why question. would a, dr- a blind person right. be driving? Right. Probably it's federal regulation. It's standard. Probably. It's probably standard, obviously, on the stand up ATM, so they so put they them on that on, anyway because yeah. it's already designed that way. Or some blind people can have fun. You know what? I should go wake up my wife right now because she used to work in banking for like 
10 years. Honey! Why is this going on? I have an emergency. She's probably like, she's like, I don't care. Why I don't do they know. have Braille on ATMs? That, that's a weird question. I don't know. Um, this is a, man, now you got my brain. I'm going to like Google that later. That's a teaser. Uh, posted uh, a topic on the message board 72 minutes ago asking for questions. No one responded. Well, everybody um, hates us. So. Everybody hates us. Especially uh, me this week. That's cool. Christian asks, why does Auburn employ Sal Canella on the four wide receiver sets versus Marquise McClain, who was the hottest receiver in preseason camp, according to Christian? Is what? it the same person that keeps citing I his don't know. hot preseason camp? Or is, it, or is it like three people now that have asked about his What other receivers does Auburn have other than Canella, <laughs> who is a tight end slash wide receiver? Zero. Um, Marquise McClain. As I've said, if you haven't seen him a lot yet, you're not going to see him a lot hey, this season. Hey, we're seeing a lot blocking, blocking. the goal line package. Right. So that's his role. That is his role. Sal Canella's role is diminished quite considerably, as we mentioned in our snap counts. He had eight snaps against Texas A&M. was thrown to once, and nothing happened. So he Did played He, he dropped it, didn't he? I thought he touched it. Did he, he drop it? I thought he had his hands on it. Nothing happened. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Eight snaps. It's not a lot of snaps. Not a lot of snaps from a guy they're expecting to maybe play 40 snaps or more. Uh, Dexter asked. The more you, interesting number was, though, what would you say? Nate Craig had 57 snaps? 54, 57, yeah. It was not targeted one time. Yeah. He's a heck of a blocker. He celebrates the end zone, as, uh, good blocker, as uh, celebrates, yeah. Mr. Chip Lindsay would say. Dexter Thompson asked, will Jarrett Stidham have over or under 25 pass attempts against Georgia? Hmm. I'm going to say under 25. 25. I'm going to say over. Really? I think it's going to have like 22, 23. It's a good good number to set. It's it's a good betting line. But if they get behind, you know, obviously that'll go up. He'll have to throw. If he can throw, if he gets time in the pocket. Who knows? Well, guess we'll have to find out. Guess we'll just have to find out. Uh, let's see if we have any other questions. Probably not. Everybody's just, I think everybody's just tired. I don't think, I think everybody's just sitting back like, God, what's going to happen next? And just let me get to the game Saturday and watch that and decide whether it'd be happy or not. Well, I guess, so is Bruce going to be rooting for Georgia to try to get the attention off of him? Because that would be the best thing that could happen for the basketball For Bruce? Right? I don't think it ha- anything matters you don't think, <laughs> for nothing, Bruce. Nothing matters. I think Bruce cooperating would be the best thing he could do. But people tell you that Bruce is in the right, and he might be in the right. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, it really is hard to say, but the bad thing is for him, like I said, universities usually went out in these type of situations. When a coach stands and I up. Thought, I mean, I, I, I haven't reviewed the language of it, but I thought when it's a compliance issue – that a coach has to talk because it's, you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. they're, they're compelled to answer questions about their own compliance. I mean, and this is extenuating circumstances because the FBI is investigating. That'd be a but good story to do. It would. To see what exactly a coach is supposed to do. Or what they have circumstances. to do. So. Um, but is it null and void with a third party because it's a law firm and not the compliance department I, that, I mean like but that's the question she has. it's like yeah there's so many layers to it because not. i've never had a lawyer so i don't know how i mean it must be good to have a, like a lawyer 
You ever think about that? You have people <laughs> advising be you. I've been advised not to speak on that. I've been advised to stand my ground. I feel good. Well, I'm this not situation is employing a lot of lawyers across the country. Oh, absolutely. I've talked to a t- couple that don't want to talk about it because I think they're working for other schools. I'm sure they are. Helping review. Because uh, even if their programs are not tied up in this, a lot of programs are hiring firms to make sure there's nothing around the corner. Yeah. Well, you know who would clean all this up? Shazam. Athletics director Tommy Tuberville. <laughs> Do you think his campaign's going to work? No. Does he know that he, it's not a governor's race? Like, does he know? Uh, Tommy's that been he can't do like a, a feeling, out, uh, feeling out process. And I'll tell vote? you this: I should have put a poll up, but man, the response on Twitter and like even the message board to a certain extent, it's been like overly positive. Like, yeah, make him the AD. But do he you has think he, he zero said, experience? Did he say he was the most qualified person for the job? That was the quote. Yeah. Do you think he's the most qualified person for the job? No. No, that'd be like me saying I'm the most qualified person to coach a football team because I've been covering football. Right. That makes no sense. But usually when you're campaigning for something, that's not a good thing. And sign. I love Tommy Tuberville. So if he's listening to this, I'm not talking talking down to you, Tommy. But no, I'm just saying Don't in general, delete me from your phone. Um, <laughs> campaigning for something never is generally. No, it's not, it never usually works unless you're Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze did that old Miss. Remember that whole thing where but he tried to send a text? <laughs> we'll talk about well, things that ended yeah, badly. that didn't work. <laughs> we tried to text uh, Archie Manning, and it was an old phone number for him, and it went to someone else, and the Times-Picayune found out about oh, it. Oh, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I want to be your coach, and all that. Well, he ended up getting the job, though. Um, yeah, I, I, I've been told by someone who knows that Stephen Leith would not seriously consider Tommy Tuberville. He's not the type of candidate this program needs right now. No. <laughs> the end of sentence. No, and, nor, <laughs> and, and nor nor is he fully qualified for it. He'd be a great fundraiser. Put Wait, him in I'm saying, like put him in Tigers. Put him in pro- Tigers Unlimited or something. Have there's programs there. that could use a figurehead like that and just use it for that. And have Absolutely. Do, that's this is not the moment or the, the the place right now that they need somebody that has very detailed knowledge of every. Nook and cranny of rule books and regulations. I mean, Tommy. I mean, whatever. Tom, Tommy thought he could be governor because Donald Trump became president. I think he's more qualified to be governor. Because he's just like, because he's like, hey, more people love personalities. More qualified to be governor than the athletic director at Auburn. You think? I think so. Yeah. Who knows? I don't want to get into Alabama politics because it's a mess right now. <laughs> yeah, you want to? <laughs> no, I'm good. Oh, jeez. I'm good. Let's, oh, not, let's not make this a pol- 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 political talk show. Um, but it's never quiet there either in the state house. Well, it's never uh, quiet anywhere. It's never quiet the news at Auburn. It's been insane. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, anyway. Um. So Auburn fans, you might be elated or very disappointed down the dumps this week weekend, but that's what makes sports great. Does it? Is really? That what makes think it think great? of it. You can be really, really happy or really, really sad. And for me, next week, that could happen too with Justice League. I could be really happy or I could be extremely sad and in the dumps. And I'll tell you one thing. You are probably more likely to be happy than I am to be happy next week. I watched a clip. I don't, and I don't watch it with the sound on. Um, well, of, I, did you see the one in the sewer where they fire a missile at the sewer? Villain? 
sewer. Oh, they're, they're fighting Steppenwolf or whatever. And it looks like it. It like it, it. I don't even have the words to fully articulate how bad it looks. What looks bad? Like just everything, or yeah, yeah, everything. Okay, yeah. The special effects, the the filter, the, <laughs> the filter composition, the choice of villain. The choice of casting. I think the villain's fine, but... It's uh, terrible. All CGI villain was not the way to go. Or at least not the main villain. Yeah, I agree with that, though, yeah. They should have went... Yeah, yeah. They should have mixed the two, maybe. You could do that with that character. Or you could... But, I mean, the, the, the idea was, I thought, when Batman vs. Superman was to have Lex Luthor sort of the face and then sort of something else. But that, I guess, was the same thing with Doomsday. But... Oh, you just need... It just wasn't the way to go. No. You got to ground it. I doubt Steppenwolf's in the movie very much, though, probably. Till the end or whatever. No. I'm sure it's just going to be... I don't know. When's the... Apparently the, early, apparently the early feedback on it's more positive than... But those uh, are just fans. That's what fans said about Batman. No, I, that, some of the other people I follow that aren't, you know... Fan fans of that stuff. I, I am going to guess that the reviews good. are going to eviscerate it. Eviscerate it? Yes. I think it'll be like in the middle. I think I don't think it'll be a fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, but I think it'll be like 50%. I think it's not even going to get 20%. You don't get 20%? I think it's like... Batman I, v Superman even got over 20%. That movie was trash. It looks like gobbledygook. Gobbledygook? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I don't know. A villain named Steppenwolf is not going to... Uh, be widely well accepted. what they're really trying to sell the movie on is that superman's going to show back up but you don't know how yet that is the dumbest thing i've ever heard. Nah, it's not he's in the posters most of them yeah but you don't know how he'll and what he'll do in the movie what do you think he's gonna do <laughs> what do you think he's gonna do murder everybody that would actually be interesting <laughs> snap everybody's that next would be one by one Honestly, have them line up that would be if I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what there's only two scenarios i'll see the movie one you come out of the movie and you tell me Superman's mustache is in it, <laughs> but only for certain scenes that they reshot. I will go see. I will go. I will go that moment. Pay my money to well, see it. Um, I, I I will pay my money to see it right away. That's I know you're not going to see it anyway because you didn't see Wonder Woman. The second scenario is if you come out and you tell me Superman came back, <laughs> killed the villain, and then decided nobody lives and just murders everybody. <laughs> I'll again, go see. They do a cheesy like reverse Superman original movie, and he like spins the Earth around or whatever, and it falls off its axis, and everybody dies. That'd be good, and I would see it then. And then I'm he just stands that. above Earth and goes, <laughs> and then and if he away. does it with a mustache, I mean, yeah. I'll see it twice in a row. I really want to see the mustache thing now because I read about what they did to his mustache. Yeah, they waxed it to get it above his lip line, and then they put dots all over his face, so you know that mustache looks very greasy and weird. That'd be amazing to see. That'd be so amazing to see. Millions. Think about this. Think about how much money they cost. Oh, I think I read somewhere today that it's three hundred million. Well, the movie, the budget in general was yeah insane. I'm just saying the total after reshoots was three hundred million. The budget for removing his mustache is more money than you'll make in your entire lifetime. Duh. That's insane for a mustache for hair on a lip. That should have been in the movie in the first place. One day. Maybe when our when we're all dead, 
the Mustang. There will be a vault that's opened up, and someone is going to release that on you, hologram. Just dreadful. And two directors. I mean, that's the problem, too. That's going to be mixed. It's going to be awful. It's going to have two directors. Well, I showed you that one clip where... Wildly incompatible. Well, yeah, I showed you that one clip where it's Bruce Wayne talking to Aquaman, and they literally reshot one line of Bruce Wayne, and it's Ben Affleck, like 20 pounds heavier, and just his face is bloated. Have you seen shots of him promoting the movie? No. He just looks like a man that's defeated. Well, I did see an interview with him. It was like a 10-second clip. And someone goes, so you're on for two more balance? Oh, yeah. And, and like, he went, no, nah, I don't know about that. <laughs> he's like, hard <laughs> he straight up pass. said, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's always a good sign when you've, when you're like, when you have a contract, you're like, my lawyers are working. Well, on that and I, I don't think Matt Reeves wants him for his movie either. And I think that's been communicated. That's going to be a dumpster. Fire. The only, the only way, uh, I mean, who, who knows what, what DC is going to do is they're just going to do individual movies. If this one doesn't work, I mean, if the, if they do continue the universe, they'll reset a lot of the stuff. They'll reset whatever they want in Flashpoint, but they will not make just that. Make your just when this is done, just make your Wonder Woman tr- trilogy and just do whatever you want. <laughs> There's yeah, no reason to do a shared wow. universe. You haven't seen Wonder Woman, but did you see their retconning now? She like. Like the the uh, verbal gymnastics they're doing yeah, about no. that, that it's just well Zack Snyder screwed that up. Amazing, but the movie eh, movie makes up for it, man. Movie's so good. Yeah, but I mean, I wanted to feel better today. But in in their timeline, basically, World War Two is her fault. No, because she could have easily killed Hitler, and she just was like, Meh, in World War One, no. No, in World War Two, like World War Two starts, she comes in. She's like, "I'm obviously much more powerful than all of you." M- kills everybody, saves the you know saves the day. But instead, she's like, "Humanity's not worth it. You can all just die." I mean, I don't know. She may have just gone back. To... But that's what that's what they set up, right? That she was in hiding because she didn't he- think humanity was worth it. Yeah, but then they. Said that's that... what they're saying, but they're saying that's not the case anymore. Right, because they changed their mind. That's yeah. that's way too dark. Because Cause you can't have somebody living in World War II yeah. and not be like, I should probably step in and help out. Well, they they can easily explain that away by saying she was on Themyscira and she had no idea and didn't, didn't want to get She just back. didn't get the news. Yeah, she got the news. Well, they're, <laughs> they they're, didn't deliver the paper. I don't seriously, know I mean, they're out there. They're all by themselves. Maybe she went back and just said, I ended uh, the greatest war, as they call it. Yeah, you've seen the movie. You know, they're all going, of course, this is the greatest war and all that, and if you, you kill... If you, she's like, if I kill Ares, there will never be any wars anymore. So you're saying and she she's kills Ares? Dumb. Spoiler so she's alert! She's just dumb and thinks that she's, she's saved naive the day. about the real naive. world because, well, because she hadn't been in the real world ever until that moment. Maybe she needs so to get some naive. street smarts. Maybe that's the second movie. She does a little bit in the movie, like the episode seven of Stranger Things. She meets a, <laughs> she meets a, a down on their luck crew of mis that are living that are living in the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, lair. they're living in the Ninja Turtles lair, and one's got a mohawk and. They laugh weird and and then uh, Master Splinter comes out and they accidentally flip a piece of yeah. pizza on his head and they have good laughs and good times. That was, and I was reading other reviews. I'm glad that we weren't the only people who thought that. Just saying that was the worst. No, episode. it's universally it's universally it's the accepted. worst episode ever of Stranger. Things. I did read one good review. Somebody tried to defend the no, idea don't. of it. No, don't. They compared it to Hook, 
the Robin Williams, and it was like the, they're the lost. Why? Just because like, someone had the Rufio hair? <laughs> sort of. But that was like they were. That was like the Lost Boys and Hook. And I understand that. No, yeah. what? No. Yeah, yeah. No one else had powers except for that one person. No, it, was that, it wasn't about the powers. It was more just that these people. No, just I, I don't buy it. Super. You tell that reviewer reality. to stop. I, I got it. I understood what they were saying. They didn't say it was like great, but they got it. It was point. bad. It was not good. It was horrible. Did you watch the end of the season finally? Or? Yeah, I'm done with it. It's good, though. It's fine. It's good. No, you know what good. I didn't get, though? Like, I, I saw this on the YouTube channels I watch. Why did they just make the big bad villain last year just a bunch of smaller, weaker villains of him? That was the only one got through. Not at the Well, yeah. But at, in this one, there's like. Yeah, two hundred of them. in the portal. There's like two hundred of them, but they're smaller and weaker. They were being born here because he widened the portal. Whatever. You just didn't get it. They needed. I I understood that, but they needed to have a bigger thing at the end instead of just her holding her hand up. Spoiler to alert: a hole in the wall. It was very dramatic. <laughs> it was. I mean, listen, it's good stuff, but I thought it was well done. I thought so too, and I thought the best part of the whole series was the was had nothing to do with the uh, the actual plot to the about the villain was the stuff when they're at the dance or whatever, hmm. and then of course Paul Reiser playing against type. Well, no, the homage to aliens was fantastic. Yeah, when they uh, they had the, the beeping, beeping and, and stuff. The, that yeah, was great. And that's all that. As soon as I saw that, and then they show Paul still, Reiser's face, I'm like, yeah. oh yeah. But Whoa! I, I wanted more Sean Whoa. Astin, though. I wanted more Sean. He was Astin. good though. He, he was they, awesome. And they had him, and you know, you kind Bob of think Newby. he's going to be the he's going to kind of be the turd in the punch bowl. But then he has some good moments. He had awesome moments, man. When he, he figured out the maps, that was the good map, stuff, and yeah. he always had a what did he? He brought out the compass. He had a compass. Then he found the ring. And he delivered it to Mordor. <laughs> it's pretty good. No, nah, that was awful. But yeah, Stranger Things was good. Now I really have nothing to look forward to. <laughs> Life is Except over. Except for Justice League. It's and done. Be, I mean, I've got such low expectations with that. But you need to see Wonder Woman. You need to stop. Like seriously, boycott. It's a standalone it's a, movie, it's man. A boycott. Why? Because I told you why. They you have to explain then. because because you don't like someone that runs the studio. I don't. I well, yeah, that the management of DC Comics. It's, it's their vision for what the characters are. I don't. I don't. This is what Wonder Woman should be, though. Maybe. I mean, I, it, but you're not going to give it a chance because yeah, she allowed World War Two. It's it's hard to get my that's head around. That's not. I think that's in the <laughs> epilogue at the end. This goes. Despite all of her <laughs> efforts, she ignored yeah. humanity, and World War Two occurred. Thanks a lot, Wonder Woman. Yeah. Well, where was Aquaman during the Iraq War? It's true. It's true. I don't know. Is that near enough water that he can get there? I don't even know. Doesn't matter. There's tributaries. He's literally like. He's gonna be the worst thing in the movie. He has no charisma. He does have charisma. He does doesn't have acting. Chops. I just think he's just the, the, the <laughs> terrible. I think he's got charisma. I just don't think he can act. He's just really not great. And they're gonna make a whole movie around him. They already did. That's gonna be a disaster. <laughs> I don't know. The director's good though doing that movie i just think that's gonna be you just hate everything no i don't i'm, I'm really excited about have you uh, seen thor yet no yeah I i'm excited about it i haven't seen it yet Easy. wow joke 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 joke, joke. I'm, and i'm excited to laugh 
<laughs> joke joke. What's next? Black Panther and then uh, then Avengers. Black Panther's like or then Ant Man. No, Ant Man's after Avengers. I don't know. I have no interest in Ant Man. You didn't like the original Ant Man? No. I Actually, good. that I mean, I know I say bad things about Marvel, but I usually enjoy their movies. Ant Man was like the one movie I just did not enjoy. And I skipped the second Thor movie, Dark World, because it looked like crap. That's fine. But uh, Ant Man, I did not like. Did not like it. It was it was like they were trying to do Iron Man one again, and they did a very bad job of it. No, I thought it worked. I didn't. Train fight on the t- train table was kind of stuff. I get it, but it was shown all in the preview, so it ruined it. Well, I'll say this. Ant-Man is going to be like Citizen Kane compared to the Justice League <laughs> next week. So, no. Do you think you'll walk out? Do you think that it'll be too no, painful? No, I never walk out of a movie. I didn't walk out of Alien Covenant. You hate yourself that much that you'll sit through it? I did not rock out of Alien Covenant when he said, you blow, I'll finger. That was that got intense. <laughs> During the uh, flute scene. When that happened, <laughs> I, I, I should, we just should have walked that out. That was... One of the greatest cinematic mysteries of all time. How's, How'd that uh, movie get transpired? made? Yeah. Other than it just being Ridley Scott. That was a disaster. But um, Or Kong Skull Island. Kong Skull Island. There were some really bad a, movies this past a summer. Which movie, though. I mean, that's... There were some really bad movies this past summer. I think, Kong, again, Kong will be like, what's another uh, Oscar? <laughs> Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind compared, compared to... Justice League? The Justice League. Are you kidding me? When's the when's the review embargo? We next week. The social media embargo lifts at like eleven a.m. or noon tomorrow. Friday. Next week we should read. I'm going to go through and read some of the best excerpts of the reviews because because <laughs> when when critics get it's like that hive mind when they find something they can just like rip on, they're gonna go they're gonna love it and they're gonna come up with try to come up with like ridiculous quotes. That's what they did with BVS. Yeah, so we're like BS. Yeah. Um, it'll be fun. So tune in next week. We'll do that. Said Daniel Purifoy. Hey. <laughs> do you uh, think they'll watch the movie instead of going to Charleston? Maybe. Maybe they'll see Justice League. Maybe that'll pump them up. They can do like a live commentary, like a Rift Tracks, Austin and Daniel. At the I did listen League. to uh, part of the Danny Elfman soundtrack today. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, maybe something will be good. It was so boring. And he, he had the Batman theme in there a couple times, but even that was boring. Superman theme was in there like twice. That's just, that's just, that's just sacrilege. The only original theme that's still in there is the Wonder Woman one, and he, like, somehow screwed that up a little bit. But you don't care. I don't care. Make his Marvel. Make mine. I'm still mad. They're mad they fired XL Junkie or whatever that guy is. XL Junkie? Junkie XL. I don't have any idea who that is. He did a good job on Mad Max. Did Fury he do Road. Mad Max? Yeah, he that did that. Good. That's a good soundtrack. I just that name, but is that so fits. funny to me. That's his name. Well, his because his real name's like really difficult to. Oh, I thought you were gonna say, say. his real name's like Frank Sullivan. Um, <laughs> his name is Josh Smith. Uh, no, I just thought he got fired. Hans Zimmer loves him. Yeah, he got fired, and then he was just like, "Well, screw you guys. I'm going home." Someone was telling. I think it was Hans Zimmer. Maybe said, "Told him he goes, well, you haven't really made it in this business unless you've been fired from a project." Yeah. And they put him in charge. I mean, he did that horrible rendition of Together that was on the trailers. Come Together right now. Oh, oh, for the Justice yeah, League? Yeah, oh, that was him? Oh, okay, I gotcha. uh, yeah, no, it's going to be really bad. 
I think it's tracking for like 150 million though. I don't even think it's more than Thor. I don't think I'll make more than Thor. How much do you think it'll make? Two dollars. Yeah, sixty-five. Two dollars and fifty cents. Sixty-five cents. Wow. Are you gonna live tweet it? (laughs) No. You should live tweet your emotions while walking. No God. Just emojis (laughs) while you're watching the movie. Eventually, you get to like the one with the gun. <laughs> like, well, no, well, no it's a water gun yeah, it's now. It's a water pistol. <laughs> or like the poop emoji. So you know when you when you when the exact moment you poop your pants, the movie, we'll know. Yeah, it'll be good. You should do that. I think I think there will be a moment in the movie though where I'll be able to tell when Ben Affleck just quit. He's quit. He quit well before he started shooting. Like you should see, and that was my favorite thing. There'll to come be one out of, reshoot. He's just sitting there drinking a beer. That was my favorite oh, thing man. that came out of Batman vs Superman. Those sad emojis, sad, sad Ben Affleck, where they're playing the music when he's doing the interviews. That was pretty great. Terrible. Yeah, terrible. Well, I feel real bad for all those actors making millions of dollars. It's tough making crappy movies. All right, this is 72 minutes long. No one's no one listened to the last 30. All right, thanks for listening to the Auburn Undercover Podcast presented by WeHaveDonuts.com, D-O-U-G-H, nuts.com. Go to them. Order donuts. They're great. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll see you Saturday at Jordan-Hare Stadium for the Deep South's oldest rivalry. Um, should be a good one, you would think. 2.30 p.m., CBS. Uh, partner 24-7 sports. There's a double header, too. There is. I don't even know what the game is at 11. Florida and whoever Florida's playing. Florida, South Carolina. That's at South Carolina. There you go. South Carolina will win that one big. All right. Thanks for joining us.